Amen, amen. How many people are excited about what God's going to show them today? Okay, that sounds good. How about now? How, now how many people are really excited about what God's going to show them today? That's what I needed. Jeff wasn't here, so we'll be lifting him. Also, I want to pray for those that couldn't be, make it today. Uh, Jeff, my number one, woo, guy, is uh, under the weather. <laughs> and so he said, he said, man, you know it's not good if I'm not here. <laughs> so, and, and isn't that good, though? I mean, he wants to be here. How many want to be here today? Amen. That's awesome, man. I tell you, that's so good. Well, today we're going to be talking about what's your story. As much as we're going to be talking about God's story, we're going to be talking about your story and how your story intersects with God's story. Amen? Because that's where it all comes together. So today I was looking, I wrote a few notes down here. I said, today is the day that death died and Jesus rose. He put it to death, man. There's no more sting there. That's it. Now, we might die in this physical body, but this spirit of ours is going to live forever. Do you know Jesus? Amen. Then you know where you're going to be. Because I tell people all the time, they say, well, uh, you know, I asked them, I said, you, you don't know. I'll tell them this. I said, you might not know when, when you're going, but you can know where you're going. Amen. And so we want to make sure it's a clear, precise message of the cross. It is all about Jesus and nothing else. Amen. Amen. Woo, you guys got to get louder than that now. We're going to get going here. So I just want to talk about that a little bit as we celebrate today. You know, the victory over our lives, the victory over death, um, just victory in Jesus uh, altogether. In that life of abundance, you think about that. Anybody ever go through a tough time from time to time? Amen. Sometimes you question maybe, is this the life in abundance? You know, because a lot of times we get the, the wrong view of that. But we need to look at it up against the backdrop of the cross and think about this. Next time you're feeling down, next time things are not going the way you think, find somebody else that is having a tough time and help them out. You know what? I, I found that to be true in my life. When I could turn around and pour in what God's been pouring in me to somebody else's life, things starts to change. Amen. And we start realizing we get our eyes off self and we get our eyes on Christ. Everything changes in. Amen. So I want you to hear that today. So I was opening up with this and I thought about, man, what is your story? And, and one of the things, uh, anybody a people watcher? You know, you go to the mall, you don't want to shop, you're just kind of taking it all in. Yeah, yeah, I, that's more me. Guys go, they know what they want, they get it. It's a big ticket item, right? A boat, <laughs> a motorcycle, you know? And then you try to say, well, you've been buying makeup for three years. I just want a motorcycle, you know? That don't usually go over too good. <laughs> <laughs> and all the gals go, yeah, that's not going to fly. But, you know, we, we go and we, sometimes I wonder, I go, man, I wonder what their story is. I wonder what, what they've seen in their life. You know, I wonder what really matters to them. I wonder if they know Jesus, you know. And you all know how shy I am about that, right? Nope. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. You know, I tell you, God, it's brought me a long way, got a long way to go. But I tell you what, it is over in Christ. While we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, when I think about today, and I think about, man, this is, this is what got me in. This is the deal. This is, this is the thing. You know, and I get excited about that, could you tell? But you know what? I don't want this to be a message that you hear and tuck it away for a year and come back next year. I pray that this is a message that you live and we live and live as a church family every day. Every day in the, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. But going back to our story, I thought about this. You know, the Lord was laying it on my heart this week. And, and, you know, I thought, what is this person's story? What is this? It's amazing when you take a little time with people. What they might believe. What they've been through. And they can bring some great things to the table as well. So, you know, I, I think communication is always a key to just loving on people, you know. And sharing our, our faith and our testimony, what we've been talking about a lot in the past. But I said, you know, I wonder what they believe. And I said, see, the story of your life is going to be greatly impacted by what you believe and receive about God's story. You can just hear about it, let it go. Or you can hear about it and receive it and it'll transform your life. Amen? Amen. Starting now. Starting today. Starting right this minute. And I've always loved how God will just come and take you right where you are. You know, I had a guy ask me the other day. And uh, he was doing some work on a car, and uh, we were talking and doing some different things. He goes, I got a question for you. And I said, yeah, man, what's up? I was ready for a big heavy-duty, you know, Bible trivia question. He goes, how do you know if you got a good church? I said, what? That wasn't a, see, I was anticipating something else. I said, well, number one thing, they're going to love Jesus. And it's all going to be about Jesus. 
and they're going to take you right where you are and they're going to use the scriptures and speak the word of God and they're not going to bring in anything else. They're going to stand on the promises of God. Amen. And the next thing he was like, okay. <laughs> you know, he's like, okay. And I said, you know what? They're going to love you where you are just like God does. You know? And I said, but you know what? We're dealing with people and we got to love them through it sometimes. You know, we all fall short, but keep our focus on Christ. I said, if their, their focus is on Christ and they're preaching, teaching the word, and you know what, and you feel like and you pray about it, that's where God's called you, then serve. You know, invite. Amen. So I appreciate that. I want to take a few minutes. John, I really appreciate all the behind the scenes and stuff. Everybody's got different gifts, you know. And, and John is Mr. Hospitality, man, and others. I mean, I'm like, I was like, well, we can get like some juice boxes. And he's like, oh, no. You know, we got donuts. We got this over here and that. And uh, man, all types of stuff. And uh, if what y'all don't eat, I guess I'll have to. I guess I'll have to. But please eat what you want. Amen. But I just want to throw that out when we come through. Because you know what? That's a part of his story. That's a part of the gifting and stuff that God's given him. And many others. And, and whatever it is. You ain't going to pass that around, are you? <laughs> That's my boy. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for me. Yes, indeed. Well, I told you it wouldn't slow me down, and I mean it. So what I want to do is take a look at what the Lord showed me this week. Woke me up about 3.30 uh, on Tuesday. And I thought, you know, can't we talk about this in the morning? <laughs> and I'm not sure it was him. It could have been my wife. It could have just been something somebody told me. That's the only time your mouth shut when you sleep. <laughs> Probably was the Lord. Amen. You know? And I also thought, why do I always say, you know, how many people hear from the Lord in the shower? You know? Yeah, I do. I do. And I think it's because I got to keep my mouth shut again because I'll drown. I'll be talking to you or something like that. Or on the lawnmower. I mean, God will reach you anywhere, you know? I'm out there cruising and cutting stuff and stuff I'm not supposed to cut and everything else. And I'm out there weeping and the Lord's just sharing things with me and stuff like that. It's amazing. What I'm saying is this. God's always willing to reach you right where you are. He's always willing to speak to you right where you are. So let's keep on moving. Well, this is what the Lord showed me. He put this scripture on my heart. I said, I don't recognize that, Lord. I said, I remember that. Y'all ever tell the Lord that? I'll remember that. And I'll get it in the morning. He's like, you better look that up. <laughs> so I'm looking, looking through here. And our scripture today says this in Galatians 3, 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. I said, yeah, I know that. He said, yeah, but a lot of people don't know that. I tell them. And I said, okay. And I, I begin to think about that more and more. No wonder this don't look right. Hey, I, I kept thinking, man, that stuff is moving. There we go. Praise God. I forgot to put my glasses on. Man, I, that looks good. What in the world I've been saying? But what I wanted to talk about was that, you know, sometimes we think, oh, yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it. Get it. And you know what? We don't have the right lens on. Amen. We got our own lens on instead of the lens of the Lord. Tied that right in. Didn't we? <laughs> we have a good time here. We really do. So I thought. About that, I said, man, this is amazing. And, and you know, so when we start talking about God's amazing love story, where do you fit in? I'm going to read this again. It says here, it says, for you are all God's children of God. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And I said, I want you to look at this here. Look at this again. Notice where, where the period is, okay? It doesn't say, for you are all God's children, period, right? It doesn't say that. You got to keep on going. Because you've got to get to the promise, right? See, the promise doesn't kick in till you get to the period. Through faith in Christ Jesus. See, a lot of people say, oh, I'm a nice guy. Oh, I'm Mr. Wonderful. Oh, yeah, I don't do anything to anybody. It's not about that. It's about Jesus. It's about what Jesus Christ has done to make us right. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And I said, well, you know, okay. And I continue to look at that. And the Lord just continued to just turn in my heart different things that I had as usual, never thought about. And, and so if you got your handouts today, we always do a preaching and a teaching. If you have your handouts, we're going to run through about three points um, today. And we're talking about dirty hands, open arms, and receptive hearts. And, and I, I thought about, you know, different things as I was preparing my heart for this. And I said, you know, Friday, Good Friday, is the time where my Savior, you got to see, you got to make it yours, your Savior, my Savior. Went through it all. You imagine? Jesus did not come because he sinned. Amen? He came because we sinned. 
Amen. He came to purchase us out. I, I wish a lot of you guys could have made it today and had a great skit that illustrated that. Maybe we'll share that sometime uh, this morning. We did an early service. But he came for you and you and you and me for all humanity, as he said in the, in the skit. But, you know, a lot of times people don't even realize that they're still in that bondage. They get, we get so comfortable in our sin. We get so comfortable in our cell, right, that we never even step out. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine being sentenced to jail? I just thought about this this morning. And, and you go in there and they find you guilty and you're in jail and it's for, for eternity. For a lifetime, let's say that. And then somebody comes along that loves you so much, brings the key, opens the key, opens the door and said, you're free. Man, I tell you what, I'd be moving on out of there. But what happens so many times, we just get comfortable and we stay and we know. Or we say, no, that's all right. Lock it back. I'll get out on my own. That's not going to happen, is it? Jesus came and died on that cross for our sin. And he rose. And that's the opening of that, that cage, that cell, whatever it is. I don't know what you're going through today. This is not even in the notes. I'm just going with what the Lord's telling me. I tell you what, a lot of us live with a lot of emotional baggage, a lot of worry and fear and all those things. But I'm going to tell you what, we don't need to do that when we're a child of God. Amen? Because he has overcome that. And, you know, I, I, I'm probably jumping into my notes a little bit, but I'm going to go with what the Lord's showing me. Man, don't let fear rob you of what God bought for you. Amen? Don't let fear rob you. You know, one time we did a sermon several months, maybe a year or so ago. And there's a lot of things that we worry about. And, and, you know, I love statistics and stuff. And they did a big survey over the United States and all this. And I looked at this. And they said almost 67 to 70% of things you worry about never even come true. But I'm going to tell you something else. I'm thinking about 100% of the things that we worry about is going to do any good. I have never changed anything in my life from worrying. Let me just worry a little bit more. It looks like that door is going to open. Let me worry a little bit more, man. That job's going to come. You know, think about it. I mean, it's true, but we do it. I can't help it. Yeah, you can, because we have a choice. And we can choose to trust God. Not in the notes, that's just right off the cross of the board. So, let's keep on rolling with that. I'm going to give you one more illustration. I wish Sonny was here. He's my boating buddy. Many of y'all know I don't swim. If you've seen uh, anything, probably on any pictures or anything up at the... Uh, Water country, you will probably see my face with a Ghostbuster sticker out there. Many years ago, I was out there and paddling around and doing this with one of my old buddies, and, and I got in the wave pool. You know, I didn't know what the wave pool meant, but I found out. And back then, they would let people use the little flotations device. Tell them, come on, we got room. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's probably people from the water ride now. Don't let him in. <laughs> See, that don't bug us. That don't slow us down a bit here. So I get out there in, in water country, and my buddy says, hey, man, let's go out here. And I noticed this big clock counting down. Wow. Oh, that's cool. So we're out there, and, and the guy's going, Brrr! and you hear like these turbines going. Doo! I was like, what's that? He said, jump. So I was jumping in the water. And I'm thinking, this is cool. Until my timing got off. And every time I jumped, I was on the wrong side of that wave. And I was going, a little, a little, a little. And I'm thinking, how much longer? How much longer? And then I did what any dying person would do. I reached out for the lifesaver. It just happened to be this woman's raft. I grabbed that woman like it was our last date. Woo! And she squalled like Jay Blair taking off on his motorcycle. Woo! I'm telling you. And she stiff-armed me, and my head went all the way back like that. Ah! And I could still hear her going, ah! Ah! I thought, my God. And my brother-in-law was like, I ain't never seen him before. <laughs> they get over there. Finally, my boy takes it, shoves me to the side. <laughs> Look like a drowned rat. And the woman's over there talking to her husband and everything. Hey, hey. I'm sorry. She scratched me. She twisted my neck. He said, man, let's get at her. I said, I ain't doing it. 
I got in line with all the little kids and got that life preserver on and jumped back in. If you get thrown off the hook, you, horse, you got to get back on it. But what I thought about as I relived that, and y'all laughing, I was about crying. That timer was ticking down. In our life, that timer is ticking down. And we don't even know we're out over our head, amen? We have no idea we're out there. And I tell you what, Jesus offers that life preserver freely. And many push it away. I pray today all over this world that people grab hold of that life preserver, that life preserver in Christ. Amen. Now we're going to start a message. How about that? So what is your story? Well, we'll talk about it right here and right now. First thing, we need to start in the beginning, right? And Tanya picked out some great songs to go with this. I said, the Bible tells us all of sin and fall short of glory of God, Romans 3.23. I said, our sinful condition gave us dirty hands, so to speak. We are guilty of sin. And I said, that's, that's where our whole story starts. But it doesn't have to remain there. Amen. Aren't you glad you don't have to stay there? Man. But see, that's what the enemy will try to do. He'll try to rob your hope. and tell you, man, there ain't no way out. You're never getting out. You'll never be good enough. You'll never do that. But let me tell you, when you hear the word of God, you say, well, guess what? I'm forgiven. I got victory. I got Jesus. Amen. That's what I want you to hear today. So the first thing we need to, to do is acknowledge our situation. Amen. We need to acknowledge that. You know, you would think this would be a no-brainer, but after talking to people for 17 years uh, with ministry, it's not necessarily something that, uh, that maybe they'll come forth with, amen? But, you know, when we think about it, what we like to do is we like to point to everybody else, don't we? We really do. But I'll get to that in a minute. So I thought about that, and I said, man, you know what? We like to compare because somehow we feel better if we look a little bit better than somebody else or do a little bit better than somebody else, come on, I'm preaching now, right? Isn't that something? We love the, the, the comparison thing, you know? I, I know people all the time. Now, now, if you get something new or something nice or something going good in your life, they get the shovel lip. Can't believe you got that type of car over there. Well, you want the payment? Come on, you know? I can't believe, I can't believe that. And then the wheel fall off your tire, your car or something. They go, yeah, yeah, yes, they got you. They're never happy. Anybody work with people like that? Don't raise your hand. I work with some folks in here. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll pray for them too. But isn't that so? I mean, negative Ned and negative Nancy, man. They're like, oh, my goodness. I mean, what, what is it? I mean, you know what? You could turn around and you could give them $50,000 and they go, well, I thought I was going to get 100 You know, it's crazy. It's It's terrible. I know nobody else works with folks like that. <laughs> Everybody works with me said, you're that guy. No. <laughs> but I tell you what, what I'm saying is we can get so focused on what somebody else is doing, what somebody else has, or whatever, instead of what we need. And we need Jesus, amen? We need to, to get God's perspective on, on the whole deal. So I want to start in here realizing, you know what, it's all level at the cross, Amen. It's all level at the cross. Just because you got a better haircut than the guy sitting beside you, that don't make no difference. Amen? Whatever. Because he starts right there. So guess what? We need to stop pointing in the blame game, Raymond. I said stop pointing at the problem and point to the promise of Christ. Amen? I said pointing out other shortcomings doesn't make your hands and life any cleaner. You ever had some of you work on something and somebody come up there and you've been putting all your heart and everything into it and they go, somebody look at it and they go, oh, you know, that bow's a little crooked. Can't he just find the one thing right instead of the one thing wrong? Let me tell you something about God. Jesus sees the best in you even on your worst day. That's the type of partner I want. That's, that's the kind of God we serve. He sees all of it. He sees the beginning from the end. But he comes in and pulls the gold out, amen? How many, I don't know about you guys, for me, where I grew up and everything, I did not have a problem understanding that I was a sinner. I did not have a problem knowing that I fell short. I knew that. I just didn't know who was going to help me with it. And I tried to fill it up with a whole lot of different things that did not help. But man, somebody came outside the church walls and told me on Halloween night in 1995, and things ain't never been the same, Amen? Do I still have some tough times? Yeah. Do I still uh, argue with my wife? No. Pray for me. I just lied. I'm just teasing. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. No, when you're Christian, you don't argue. You just say, we have a discussion. <laughs> See? 
Come on, everybody says, oh, you do that too. Yeah. Me and your mom was having a discussion. It sounds like you're yelling. No. <laughs> but you know, we love to just point out everybody else's stuff and everything else. And I tell you what, one of the best things I say is when we open the word of God and start getting his perspective on things and start looking at the promises of God, you know, I pray today through the message and through just, just God pouring out a spirit here today that you see that you are worth it. You're worth it. Amen. Let's keep on going. I said the glove don't hide the truth. Oh, we're talking now. Right? Y'all get where I'm going with this? See, we'll put the makeup on. We'll put this on and everything else. We'll get all straight and we'll argue all the way up to the church door and go, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. We really do. We do that all the time. And I uh, share this a lot. And this is a true story. My buddy and his wife, we did a small group. They got along great until they went to church. And they're on the way to church. And they would argue every week. And I'd see him and go, hey, how you doing? First of all, she's gone. She just grabbed her pocketbook. I was like, everything okay? Yeah. And then time went by and they were all lovey-dovey. I said, man, God intervened. I said, well, I said, how you doing? He said, you know how we, how we stop arguing? I said, what? I think prayer, fasting. He said, no, we take two cards. Amen. <laughs> it's a true story. He said, every time I get ready to get in the car, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. So they take two vehicles and everything's lovey-dovey. So God gave them wisdom. Amen. I tell you what. But we loved many times when we look in our life. We try to cover things up and do this and, 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 and all these things. But I'm going to tell you what, God knows all things. And God loves you right where you are. That's the whole message of that. You know, we don't have to put on any fronts with God. He knows all. And we can come to him right the way we are. Just like when I told that fellow, he said, well, how do, how do you pick a good church? I said, to love you where you are, man. See, you can't, you can't clean the fish till after it's caught, right? You know, we will, well, you know what? If you would just get, you know, if you would just do this, you know, Man, people, I will tell the folks, this happens about once a year. <laughs> Who was it came in here? Miles came in here and said, we at the right place. <laughs> but you know, well, you're welcome anyway if you want to wear a tuxedo, if you want to wear your shorts. Because I'm going to tell you what, God will take you anyway. You are, and we will too, amen. We're going to love you right there at the front door. We're going to love you right here and love you back around and pray that you come back next time, amen. So it's not about the stuff and the dressing, it's about the heart, Amen. Something else I want to tell you. A lot of times people say we could just wash it away. You can't wash enough, amen. We just clean up ourselves. You know that? Well, I'm, I, I, hey, man, you want to go to church with me? Ah, oh, man, well, you know, once I stop smoking and drinking and womanizing and all that stuff and clean up and wash behind my ears, maybe I'll go. Why? Why don't you just come right now and let God worry about that? He doesn't go down and listen and say, okay, uh, how much do you weigh? How's your hair? This and he says, I'll love you right where you are. That's what I want you to hear today. I want you to hear that today. I said, you know, we could just run with this whole thing. I said, I, you know, we try to clean ourselves up, but it doesn't work. I said, but you know what? We don't have to because this is what happened. Jesus Christ came and did the full deal. It's not a paint job. It's not a patch job. It is finished. Amen. So now we're going to launch into something else. Everybody doing all right? He comes with open arms, wide open. Amen. How many people like to belong? It's nice to belong because we, we start gravitating to, to people that accept us, right? You know, you think about that. Unfortunately, a lot of times we gravitate to, to things that, that will take us further than we want to go, keep us longer than we want to stay, and pay a much higher price than we could ever afford, amen? That's the things of the world. But I can tell you this, putting time in with God, spending time with God, you will never come up short, Amen. He comes in with open arms. I'll give you a little something to, to, to put in your heart this week. I said, the grip of grace is stronger than the guilt of sin. I have seen people, I have done this. My, just get so overloaded with my mistakes and my failures and my shortcomings that I don't even think, man, I'm just like, oh. Anybody else ever have that happen in their life? I've seen people, their life continue, and, and, and year after year and week after week, they continue to just carry this baggage. When Jesus said, leave it at the foot of the cross, it is finished. I want to tell you today, if you're carrying that guilt and that baggage around today, let it go. He's risen. Amen. See, we serve a live and risen, loving Savior. But see, the enemy will whisper in your ear all the time. Well, you're not good enough. Well, if you were really a Christian, you wouldn't have said that. If you were really this, you, you know, God doesn't say that. 
What's one of my favorite verses I say about every week? Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean you live any way you want. That doesn't mean that uh, God's not a righteous God because he is. He's, he's a, a, a God of order. He's, he's holy. But how do we become holy? Jesus Christ. Amen. The finished work of the cross. I want you to see that today. Let's go back to, to our scripture again. And it says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. I said, Jesus stretched out his arms, his arms on that cross to embrace you to himself for all eternity. How long is that? Ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Over and over. I said, his loving arms were stretched out to wrap his love in forgiveness around you. I know that I could preach on this every week. Forgiveness is a main topic. And there's two pieces of that. One, we need to forgive others. And here's another one. You need to forgive yourself. Amen. We got to receive that. We need to receive that. Because I tell you what, if you don't, you're not going to be any good to anybody else. And forgiving somebody, I'll say this, the Lord showed me this a long time ago. When you forgive somebody, that doesn't mean that you agree with the offense. That means that you agree that God is greater than that offense. We put God in the proper part of the equation in the center and, and seek his, his wisdom. Amen? Let's keep on rolling here. I said, as a believer in Christ, we can rest in his loving arms. Man. Anybody ever been really tired? I mean, really tired. Really tired. You know, I've, I've been tired and different things like that. But I, I, I tell you, I've been tired physically. But I don't believe there's anything that's even worse than being tired spiritually. Dry. Wounded. Poured out. Empty. Man. Zaps all your strength. But I tell you what. As we continue to fill up on that living water of Jesus Christ. He will bring you back up. He will raise you back up. He will make a way out of no way. You know, a lot of times when I'm up here, I'm preaching. They said, man, I thought your arm was hurting. I said, yeah, but I forgot about it. I was talking about Jesus. I thought your knees were hurting. That's all right. The message is, 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 is more to it than that. I never feel better than when I'm sharing the message. Never feel better than when I get to share, share what God's doing. Because I know, regardless of what's going on in my life, in my body, and anything else, that the message is more important than anything. And when we're taking that word, he said he sent his word out and it healed them. Man, God is in the healing business. God is in the forgiving business. And God is in the loving arm business. He's got room for you. Amen. He's got room for you. Let's keep on rolling here. Got a little scripture here for you. Romans 8, 38 says, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor fears for today, nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Man, you've heard that many times. You hear that at funerals. You hear that when things are tough. But I want to break this thing down today because I'm going to hit this thing head on. I deal with so many folks that worry and are afraid and, are, and it robs their life, man. I, want, I, want, I pray this message just sets you free. I said, man, that's a powerful scripture, but we need to focus on something. So much it says, it says, neither are fears for today nor worries about tomorrow. How many people are guaranteed they're going to live tomorrow in this body? Nobody, nobody, nobody. I didn't see no hands, right? So why are you going to worry about it? All right? Here's something else. If you know the Lord and you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you don't wake up tomorrow, where are you going to be? You graduated. Amen? So it only gets better. It only gets better. Am I cutting the worry factor down just a little bit? How about that? If we would put that up against the backdrop of our life. You know what? What about this? How many people got a, a, a tough job? Things like that. I, I talk to people who got tough jobs and dangerous jobs and everything else. And they think for some reason if they don't get this one particular thing, the, the, the whole system's going to shut down. I've been working on my job for 30 years. 30 years. And I know a lot of guys that, that worked there before me and everything else. The gate's still open. Okay, I'm not telling you don't do a good job. I'm telling you, do your best and then leave it behind and go home and enjoy your family. Right? You know what I mean? Take that and take what God's showing you in your life and then bring that fill up today and bring that back to your job. Watch out. There was a guy I heard talking one time. He, he, he was a, a Christian man and he talked to a lot of different people about a lot of different things. And uh, he said this, he was getting ready to speak and this lady said, you know what? If you could just help me for five minutes of your time, I, I'd appreciate it. 
He said, well, what's going on, man? She said, everybody at my place is just terrible. Really? Is that right? And he, she went on and she badmouthed everybody she worked with and the family and this, that, and everything else. He said, ma'am, I'm going to help you out. And I've shared this before, but I think it's worth repeating. He said, when you go home tonight, I want you to write down 10 things you like about your job. She said, well, that won't take long. I don't like none of it. He said, well, do, does she pay you? Do they pay you? He said, yeah. Do they pay you good? Well, yeah. Well, write that down. So, well, do you get any vacation? Yeah, I get a couple of weeks. Man, you get paid. Wrote down about 10 things. He says, I want you to look at that every morning. And then, after a few days, I want you to things you love about your job. So he met the woman about three months later, ran up to him, said, hey, sir, I got to tell you, this is amazing. He said, you know what? I've been praying for people. I've been praying about this, everything. I've been speaking the positive word of God over my situation. He said, you will not believe what happened. He said, everybody at my work changed. <laughs> really? How about that one in the mirror? <laughs> you know what I mean? He said, well, I'm glad that worked. Praise God. Isn't that something? Yeah. That is crazy, isn't it? I mean, you cannot turn around, spit venom all day long, and then go drink something and think it's going to be sweet. Right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So we worry about things that we can't change. We fear things that we can't change. What's the old saying? False evidence appearing real. Y'all heard that? Why do, we, why do we fear things? And sometimes I have to break this down. I, I talk to myself like this. I go, well, you know what? I, okay, uh, I can't swim. All right? So probably not a good idea for me to jump off the boat. Okay? But even with that, is it because I fear death? I mean, there's, there's a good bit of, of, of fear. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the responsible and things like that. I'm not saying being reckless. But I started kind of deducing it down. I said, well, wait a minute. If for some reason the boat goes down, I'm, I'm going to be in the front row for Jesus. Amen? Well, man, well, look at that. And if we do come out the other side of the storm, i got a testimony. The boy is going to just curl your hair. That's it. Hey, who would have thought 15 years ago when I squeezed that woman and grabbed her by the hair and everything else that I'd be talking about it in church? Amen? But I'm going to tell you what. Maybe she found Jesus along the way. Maybe she said, you know, there's a crazy guy trying to take me underwater. I could have lost my life. Where would I go if that happened? See, that's the thing, the defining moment. How does your story intersect with God's story? Because you know what? All of us are going to leave here one way or the other, amen? But I tell you what, we can leave here with the confident hope of Jesus Christ that we will reign in, in heaven with the Lord forever. Because why? Because he is risen, amen? Let's keep on going. Because of his perfect love and his perfect sacrifice. I want you to listen to this. 1 John four eighteen says, There is no fear in love. Y'all hear that? There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Mm. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, a lot of times we haven't received that fullness of what God said. Now, is God love? That's what it just said, right? It, all good gifts comes from who? God, right? He's, he's, he took care of eternity for us, right? Amen? So things should be lessening up the weight on our back because who's it all about? It's about him. And I pray today that, you know, through something here, um, it just helps you just, just have that peace that passes all understanding. So many lives are wrecked by things that will probably never even happen. I told you all this before. I come from a long line of warriors. I told you this before. My mom would call my grandmother and say, well, let's see what she's worried about today. I'm not kidding. Worry about stuff. Why is it? But I can't, you can't change that. Just think if you put that same energy into things that God has already done for you. Just think if you put that same energy and said, you know what? I'm going to trust God today. When I woke up today, I said, man, oh, I moved my shoulders a little rickety. I said, well, I tell you what, when I get on that motorcycle, all them vibrations are going to make it feel better. Thank you, Lord. Now, everybody at 615 probably didn't like me getting on my motorcycle and leaving like that. But you know what? I would call it therapy. And so I started looking at, well, you know what? Look at this blessed day we had. Look at the weather today. We're out here. People from all over the place came out there. 62 people came out there. 22 motorcycles from all over Hampton Roads to hear about the risen Savior. Man, that's amazing. Somebody sent me a thing and said, do you got a motorcycle ministry? I said, God does, and I like riding with them. What ministry has God entrusted to you? Is it this? Let me just reach over here. See, we were talking about passion. Is it this? Is it racing cars? Is it, is it, is it 
having a lemonade stand. I don't know what it is. But whatever you're passionate about, God has put that in your heart. Turn it back over to him and watch him bless that. Watch him use that in your life to make a difference for others. Because that's the love and savior. That's your story. And your story intersects with his story. Now let's go back in here. I'm going to read this again. First John, therefore, there is no... Excuse me, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Who took our punishment? Jesus did. What did he say when it was over? It is finished. What do we celebrate today? He is risen. Okay? I'm, I'm trying to give you some bed rocks when the devil comes knocking on your door, say, Oh, look what happened now. You say, He's risen. I'm delivered. I've been set free. He's opened the door. Hey, man, God loves me. And, and, and you put a period there. See, a lot of times people think God loves me if I do this or if I do that. I told you all this story before, too. I did a radio interview for a guy out of uh, Ohio, and his, his, his tagline was this. He said, do you know God loves you? I said, yeah. He says, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Woo. Now, you think on that for a minute. There's nothing you can do about it. But I tell you what, what I, I pray you do about it is you embrace it and you walk in that and you receive it because it'll transform your life and it'll change your family life. It'll change just like I talked about that lady's job and her family and all those things when we start letting our light shine and the love of the Lord go through. Amen. Let's keep on going. Everybody doing all right? Say amen. amen. Well, we've got to have a receptive heart. We've got to have an open heart. Amen. And I look at this here. I said, friends, today I pray this message fills your heart with hope. I pray that it transforms your life. I pray that it just helps you right where you are. But more, I hope it glorifies God because I know when God is lifted up, he will draw us to him. Amen. So I ask you this question. Where does your story connect to the cross? Where does it connect? It might connect with other people, other situations. It might connect with money. It might connect with, with, with power. All that. Where does your story connect with Christ? I'm going to tell you where it's a good place to start. It's right here. Right here at the cross. See? Remember Friday, it was tough. He took our shame, the punishment, the spitting, everything. All those terrible, terrible things, he took that. Right? But Sunday's coming. He's risen. Amen? You see, he said that about 25 times. I'll probably say 30 times before I leave. Because I want you to get it. I want you to embrace that. I don't want you to just hear it. I want you to grab hold of it. So where does your story come in? I said, our story has to connect at the cross. I said, that's where our dirty hands become clean. That's where the open arms reach out and grab you for all eternity. I said, do you get the connection? I said, today, we need to get connected with Christ. You said, well, I'm a believer. Well, you know what? Sometimes we can get disconnected sometimes on our own. I'm not saying you lose your salvation. You don't. It's all done, and Christ has us. But sometimes we'll walk away, and we, we, we don't listen that good. Anybody ever run through that? You know, we start doing our own thing, and, and we get over here in the weeds and stuff. Well, let me tell you some good news. God will come get you. Amen. God will take you right where you are. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. I said, do you live the story? What do you mean, buddy? I said, is your story about living out the victory that God gave you? Or when somebody sees your life and they see you worried and all fear about this and all that, and you're stressing out, what does that say? I thought about this last night, and now y'all just love me through it. You know what it says to me? And I'm not saying I don't never worry or anything like that, but I, I, I try to minimize that and get back with the Lord. But what I see is this. When I worry about things I can't control and everything else, I'm saying, Lord, your sacrifice wasn't good enough for that. Shame on me. Lord, I can't trust you with that like I could do something better. You know? And then, you're right. That's a good place to laugh. You know? It is. Like I could do something about it. So next time you worry and the next time you're in fear and the next time you're overwhelmed, say, God's got it. God's got it. When, when it's overwhelming stuff at work, God's got it. Do your best. Get back with it. Man. I had somebody ask me one day to say, why do you put so much energy into people that don't bring energy back to you? And I thought, well, that's what Jesus does. And it ain't easy sometimes. Amen? It's not easy sometimes. But if I only give to get, then I miss the message. I give because God gives. Sometimes I don't give that great. Sometimes I go, man, I don't know if I can put up with this again. But you know what? God whispers to me in those moments. What did I do for you? What have I done for you? And I'm going to tell you what. 
when you've been forgiven a much, whoo, you want to pass it on. You want to pass it on. And I'm going to tell you what, God's always working. And that's that receptive heart. And some days I probably just go, nope, I don't want to play that way today. And God just whispers, how do I deal with you? How do I deal with you? Lord, help me to be more like you. Help us to share your story. That's where I'm at now. How do we share a story? I said, you know, with that being said, it's, it's, uh, it's just amazing. Do, we, do people see your life and say, man, I want to be more like Jesus because of you? Do they? I hope so. I hope they see that. Now, I always tell you this. And I told that fellow, he said, what's the, what's the mark of a good church? That they always point to Jesus. They don't point to the pastor. They don't point to anybody else. We point to Jesus. I do not want to let you down. But I probably will sometime. But you know what? God will never let you down. And I'll pray for you and you pray for me and we'll glorify God. How's that sound? Amen. That's what I'm talking about there. So I just want to share that with you today as we go back through. I had a few notes. I said, you know what? The more time I spend with folks, the more time I find that people continue to live under the condemnation that's already been taken care of at the cross. The more time I spend with people, I find that, you know what? They won't forgive others and they wonder why their life is so miserable. Amen. Uh, the more time I spend with people, I find out that they won't forgive their self. Because maybe in some weird form, they think that makes them a, a little bit more humble or, or whatever. But again, anytime we don't respond like Christ has told us to respond, we're disobedient. Amen? So Lord, help us to be obedient. But we can't do it on our own. So he said, Holy Spirit, to dwell in us. You are not alone. You are not on your own. If you're here today and you say, man, you just don't know what's going on in my life, you're right. You have no idea what's going on in my life, but God does. And he said, I still use you. Isn't that something? One more story. Charlie uh, and me are good old buddies now. And Charlie knows a lot of people that I know. And I thought I knew a lot of people, but I think he's got me. And I, yesterday I was at home and, and I got a phone call. number about this long popped up. I said, like, that's not from around here. And I answered the phone. And this guy said, buddy? And I said, yes, sir. He said, I'm a friend of Charlie's. He said, I don't know if you remember me. I hadn't seen this man in 20 years. Right? And he told me who he was. I said, I know exactly who you are. How you doing? And then he said, yeah, I was talking to Charlie. He said, I'm not sure that I got this right, son. But I think he said, you're a preacher. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He said, wow, that's awesome. Man. <laughs> you know, oh, that's amazing or something like that. And the reason I bring that up is because you know what? We look at everybody's story. But you know what? Let's celebrate where their story connects with God's story. How can God use your life to edge somebody on to come to that saving knowledge? And I talked to that man, and we talked about all types of stuff. And, and, and I'm going to share something. I didn't even know I was going to share this. And I asked him, how you been doing? He said, I've had some good times and some bad times. He said, but God's still good, son. He said, I'm 82 years old. I can still take care of 10 acres of my stuff. I said, how's your family? He said this to me. And uh, he said, well, I lost my son in 2005. I said, you did? He said, but I want to tell you something. He said, my boy lived more life in 33 years than I lived in 82. What a story. He told me, he said his boy had, had been fishing here and going here. And I, I think he was jumping out of planes and stuff, doing different things like that. I could have skipped that one. But something went wrong, and uh, he lost his life. And it sounded like to me that he was plugged in, so we'll get to see him again. But he could talk about that, and he shared that from the perspective of when he shared that boy's story. It was full of life. It was vibrant. It, was, it, was, it just made me think, man, I need to get going. Does your life spur other people's on? Does your life spur other people say, man, I can do this. I can go. I can go. You know, man, how do you do that? And the answer always comes back to it's Jesus. It's Jesus. We always want to point to that. I got some of my buddies and they say, hey, man, what you got going? And I tell them, Brow! they go, man, how do you do all that? I said, Jesus, how do you do that? If you go to the doctor and then something's going on and you tell them your schedule, they'll turn around and they'll say, uh, it must be stress. See, I get stressed if I don't get to do all those things. Because I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to wear this body out, man. It ain't going to be nothing but dust when I leave this place if I have my way. And I hope I'm going like this, pointing to Jesus. What I say every, every time, I say, man, if this is my last message, would they get it? Would they understand it? Was this, is this was it? You know, I hope so. 
We're not guaranteed tomorrow, but you can have a guarantee on where you will spend tomorrow and all eternity. When you call on the name of Jesus Christ, you can know that you know that you know. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word and, and all you do, Lord. And as we come this day and celebrate the very pinnacle of, of, of what Christianity is about, that you have paid the price in full, Lord. I pray if there's anyone here, listen, listen, please, listen. Receptive heart. If you die tonight, everybody in here, if you die tonight, do you know for sure you'd spend eternity with Christ? If you're not, just look up here. I want to I pray for you and, and, and speak right to your life. Amen. You can know. You can know. The Lord says that he is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. I want you to know today that you know what? No matter what your past is like, no matter what you've done, where you've been, that God said, I'll take you right where you are. Aren't you glad? He loves you too much to leave you there. He paid such a high price. If you ever feel like you're not worth it, look to the cross. If you were the only one here, he would have still did that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Even on your worst day, he says, I love you. I love you. I love you. And he says, just like I was reading a minute ago in 1 John, I think it was 418, that perfect love casts out fear. Don't live in fear. Live in faith. So right now, Lord, I'm praying for all my friends and family and for folks that are listening on the internet later. I pray that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that they come. Whether they got dirty hands, dirty feet, whatever it is, as our message talked about. All of sin and fall short of glory of God. But today, we can have that peace, that rest in you. Where does your story connect? I pray today it connects to the cross of Jesus Christ. And he is risen. If that's your prayer today, just pray this from your seat, from your heart right here. Dear Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today, I am receiving you, Lord, as my Lord and Savior. I know you're the Son of God that takes away the sin of the world. Today, I put my trust and faith in you, Lord. If you're here today and you say, buddy, I've done that years ago and I know the Lord, but the things have been tough. Well, you know what? We can pray for you. And I want to come along and tell you that God's never left you. I want to encourage you in God's word. Lord, I lift up my brothers and sisters today for whatever's going on in their life, Lord, that you trump that in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that the power of the resurrection Savior, the resurrected Savior, dwells in us, Lord. Let it bubble over in living water to transform life even more and more into the image of your dear Son. Father, I praise you and I thank you as we celebrate this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, I want to take just a minute here. This is an opportunity that we're going to do, that we're going to get do a, a little communion today. And I want us to talk about that first before we jump into that. And, um, you know, sometimes people say, well, why do we do that? I'm going to talk about it. To remember what Christ has done for us. Amen. We do that to rejoice and worship. And we do that to turn from our sin and get back on track. Right. And because we are reconciled with Christ. So I want to ask the, the ushers that we talked about to come up here for just a minute. And we're going to get ready to, to uh, pass out the Lord's Supper. And I want you to know that the Lord's Supper and communion that we offer here, we, we, it's open communion, which means this. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we want you to partake in that. Amen? And uh, uh, you guys, come on, get close, get close. That's good. And, and what it does, it reminds us of his sacrifice where Jesus laid his life down. Um, we think about the truth of the promise of God. And it reminds us of, of our salvation is the complete work of the cross. Amen? And so with that, we're going to celebrate that. And I'm going to do a little reading. What I like to do is we're going to go ahead and Tanya's going to play your song. And I'm going to have the, the team pass out the bread and the juice. And uh, I want you to just take a minute before we do that, while you're passing this out, just think about what God's done for you and what that sacrifice is. And we'll read some scripture and we'll take that together. Take one and pass it down and we'll take it, we'll take it together. Come and rest here.
partake of the bread. We'll take the bread first, and then we'll take the juice after. 1 Corinthians 11 says this. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us take it the body. He goes on to say, he says, in the same way after supper, he took a cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us take the cup. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Man, come on. We serve the living, resurrected bread represents his body that was beaten for us. That juice represents the blood that was poured out that purchased your freedom and mine. Amen. I want you to think about that. Did anybody get blessed today? Just a little bit? Amen.